0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, David Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And it's our show, are talking about plaster homes. If I buy one, is it going to leak? And what are the risks? How do I tell if it's going to leak? And to take us through this, we're joined by Tyson from TK Plastering. Now, Tyson, the last one that we did about plaster homes was back in June 2021, episode 648. So the funny thing is, people say, oh, you should talk about plaster homes. I think, oh, I've only just done one about it. And that it's two and a half years ago. So we thought we'd get you on the show to talk about this.
1: Actually get an expert in this time.
0: Now, Tyson, I think... Wait a second, we had Kyle
1: Brooklyn last oh, did we? time. Oh, okay, all right, I stand corrected. Now, Tyson, I think one of the biggest things when people see a plaster property nowadays is they think, is this going to be a leaky home? Are we going to have that whole thing again? Just take us back, what happened in the 90s and the 2000s with plaster homes?
2: Good question to start, Andrew. I think it was a combination of things back in the days, the 90s and early 2000s. If I could elaborate a bit further, I think the main reason this all kicked off was the uh, untreated timber was removed from the building code. I think it was reinstated in 2004. A lot of problems around the untreated timber. If you can imagine untreated timber in a house, we don't need to go into it. But... And then direct fixed houses, there was no cavity back then too. I think that was a major And some of the designs, you know, not pointing the fingers, but that was the building code, so to speak.
1: So if I understand it correctly, it wasn't so much the plaster that was an issue, but what was behind the plaster that was causing an issue.
2: Absolutely, mate. I mean, if you look at the junctions of the roofs, the kick out, saddle flashings, all the technical stuff, and the fact that there was untreated timber behind whatever the substrate was that all started and contributed to that, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating when you actually dig into it. So the issue was that we had houses built out of wood that wasn't resistant to water. Like, that was the big issue, right? Yep. So if water got through into the wood, that's where your house started to rot. That's what the whole leaky homes crisis was about. So the first thing that's changed is that we use different wood to build houses.
2: We do. Yeah, there was reinstated in 2004, Along with the cavity system, etc., so it's a lot more educated now. People are the designs are a lot better just to nullify all these problems we had back then.
0: And just explain the cavity system because this is like so important when you're thinking about how houses are built today.
2: Well, the cavity system is on every plaster system you have nowadays, right? So today's code twenty mil batten is behind the substrate. So we call a substrate. There's all different types of substrates like AAC plaster, you know, poly. And for dum-dums
0: like me, what's a substrate? And a baton.
2: Yeah, just a facade, what we're plastering over. So whatever the substrate is or the surface that we're plastering over, and the baton creates the depth of that cavity, you know, to allow air to ventilate and if moisture wants to get in, to get out.
0: Yeah, this is really important. So what was the issue back in the 90s and 2000s is that the plaster was going straight on top of the untreated timber. Is that right?
2: Correct. Over a product, maybe Hardys, poly, whatever it was, but slapped straight onto untreated timber in terms of framing, which would rot and bend and buckle and cracks would appear along with some technical sort of issues around some detailing like diverters and junctions of the roofs, etc.
0: But nowadays we have a gap between the outside of the property and the wood that actually holds it up. That's really important. Because even if you think about brick, Brick is porous. So people think, oh, brick, you know, no water's going to get through that. So in those houses. Incorrect. So what happens with brick houses that are built today is the water does go through the brick, but then there's a gap between the brick and the wood that actually holds up the house. And so the water gets through the bricks and it just drops down in the the space or what's called the cavity. That's what the cavity system actually is. So the first thing is we build properties with different types of wood. Then we've got a gap between the wood and the outside of the property. And then my understanding is these days we also put plaster on differently or use different
2: products. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And also one thing you did leave out there was the building paper. There actually wasn't building paper in between the plaster and the wood, the studs too. So that now is part of the building code. What what uh, what
1: protection does that building paper have? Because I, I just you kind of think of it as oh, paper. paper. Yeah, yeah like paper. What, what good does that do?
2: Moisture again, and obviously the technology is so advanced now where you could hold a hose up to the building paper and it would. Wouldn't go through too. wouldn't okay. penetrate. So, so it's not like a piece very of advanced. paper, it's no, very, no, very
1: solid.
0: We should
2: very do that, so. Andrew. One well, day, well, MythBusters as well. episode.
1: It'd
0: be a great social media place We should get some builder's paper, get we'll a get hose. Get a couple of firemen. You know, see if Tyson was correct. Let's, yeah. put a, let's put a big hose up to the building paper, see what happens.
2: Various types. And EcoPly is even a step ahead, too. So you've got that system as well, which a lot of people do use for bracing, also. So do we
1: use any materials today that we used back with Leaky Homes? Like is the plaster itself still the
2: same? The plaster itself is still a sort of six-coat system, you know, three layers of plaster, three layers of paint with an elastomeric paint. The system has changed a little bit. You can still use the exact same systems because they now are on a cavity, which back in the day through that leaky home era of 90s and early 2000s, it was predominantly Hardys or poly, but that wasn't their fault. You know, It was just the way it was constructed. So there are different types now. I mean, the the main one we do use now is AAC, Integra Panel. I'd say 90% of the market here in Christchurch, where we are right now, would be that system. It's very rigid and very hardcore.
1: And so if someone's to build with plaster today, do you think that affects the resale value? And how does the market perceive plaster homes today, especially if they were built between that 90s to 2004?
2: I think it still has a little bit of a leaky home stigma around it if it was built in that era, you know, because... Yes. Everything was done correctly to the building code back then, but it probably will hurt the value of your property a little bit. But then again, you're going to get some good deals or whatever. I own a house that's direct fixed in that era. Yes. That, that is fully insured and that, so it hasn't changed anything along that sort of line.
1: And I think in that previous episode when we were with Kyle Brooklyn, we spoke about ways to protect your house as much as possible from moisture getting in. But if you're buying something today, that is built to today's building standard, you don't have those same
2: concerns. There's not one concern at all because everything's done to the new code. It's all signed off by the council, our suppliers and myself being the LBP, licensed building practitioner. So there's so many systems and so many, you know, bridges you've got to cross in order to get it signed off.
1: Yeah, and I think the key thing is we've learnt from the mistakes of the the leaky home era and now the building code represents something that is fit for purpose. Well, I think the yeah.
0: big thing is that people think plaster was the issue, right? Great. And so they think, oh, plaster homes, It's the, the issue is the plaster. Well, actually, no, the issue was the timber and then the issue was the lack of a cavity and then the issue was flashings and designs, the fact that there was internal guttering, there are all of these other things that was the issue, not necessarily the plaster. Now, if you think about how properties are built today, we might have what's often called plaster over block. Now, just explain,
2: that's plaster over concrete block, right? Yep, yeah, a masonry substrate. So brick or concrete, that's straight over the blocks.
0: Okay, so the plaster is there just to make the property look nice, but underneath, you've got either some concrete or you've got some brick. So it's effectively a brick house with a bit of plaster over it. So if you're thinking about whether your property's actually going to be leaky or not, it is highly unlikely to leak because it's not plaster on top of untreated timber. That's the main thing we've got to think about. It's not the plaster. It's about what's underneath the plaster.
2: 100%.
1: And so what are the pros and cons of using plaster as a construction method?
2: Well, if I could be completely honest and genuine, I don't think there is a con involved. You oh, know? you come from a plastering <laughs> company. Of course you're going to say that. No, but seriously. I mean, the, the pros are just, yeah, phenomenal. I mean, it's a, it's a seamless facade to start with. I mean, it's beautiful. I, I think it's beautiful. You can, you can shape it. You can do whatever you want to. it. Be very creative with it.
1: What's it like in, in an earthquake or a fire?
2: Well, just well, it's a lot better than the, the masonry <laughs> churches that fell down all over the place. It's, made, it's very strong because it covers a wide space. Does it
1: have any flex
2: to it? A little bit, yeah. It's a lot more rigid with the AAC, but if, you know, generally with the elastomeric paint on the top, it won't crack. There'd be a little bit of give, but another one of those positive points I was going to talk about is the low maintenance. Mm. You only actually have to repaint a plastered house for 14 years to maintain the manufacturer's warranty so you're covered there. And also the price point too, that's another positive of so the plaster. And we, we compete directly sort of with Brickwood in that same price
1: price point. Okay, so just, let me get this straight. So say I bought a plaster townhouse, I have to paint it within the first 10 years to have how long's the
2: warranty for? Manufacturer's warranty is 20 years.
1: Okay, so if I... If I 15 uh, to uh, 20 years, if, depending uh, on the on year uh, 9 and 11 months I have it repainted, I yep. get another 10 years of
0: warranty in it.
2: You'll keep, no, 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 from the, from the start, it'll mm. be 15, 15 years all up. So within that 10 years, it'll go to the 15-year mark.
0: Oh, nice. Well, I'm sure there'll be some cons. We'll need to get somebody whose business is yeah. building brick Ritz, houses yeah. <laughs> yeah. because I'm sure they'll come in and tell us everything that's wrong with plaster that you've forgotten about, Tyson. So let's move on to something different. What are the classic signs that a plaster home is potentially leaky? What are the things that I should worry about? If I'm looking at a plaster home, how do I tell whether it's going to be leaky or not?
2: Well, firstly, I'd look, if, look at it to see if it's been maintained, but I'd also look at the era it was built in, designed in, and then you can go from there. You'll work it out pretty quickly. I mean, I can see it in about a minute, but you could look at the ground clearances, look at the junctions. If you want me to get technical, you know, there's a few flashings you can look at. And also if it's on a cavity, that's obviously one of the main points that scare people off. So. How
1: can you tell if it's on a cavity?
2: You can put your hand underneath it. You can look at the reveal size around the windows. You can look up underneath it or or basically find out when it was built or when it was plastered. Anything above 2004 will be on a cavity because yes. that's when the building code changed.
0: And some of the main words you can look out for are things like direct fix, right? That, that's yeah. the old system. Monolithic cladding is another way of saying it. Some of the technical details that Tyson's sharing, I must admit, it's going over my head, right? I don't really understand some of these building terms. So I know that some of you guys out there, you're going to be like me. You'll be like, I've got no idea what he's talking about. AAC? Is that a type of battery? What's that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So you can always get a building inspection or maybe a plastering expert like Tyson, somebody to come in and check that stuff because you you can't be expected to know all of that. But let's dig a little bit more into, are there any other specific considerations people need to think about if they own a plaster
2: home for peace of mind you could contact the council right to get a ps3 record of works probably more important because that'll give you the the background which the council will have act you will have access to they have to give it to you you'll find out what system it is when it was plastered and who did it therefore you'll realize if it pretty quickly if it was lbp or someone with a licensed building practitioner has actually done it so if it is all authentic ps3 But then again, has it got a manufacturer's warranty and also the applicator's warranty, which will all be aligned with it if it's outside of that 2004, I'd imagine. And one thing that I'd just recommend as well is that as you're
0: requesting these documents, again, a lot of the technical detail, it's going to go over somebody like my or Andrew's heads, right? So maybe get a friend, whether it be a licensed building practitioner or a expert, to help you interpret these things, because you also don't want to Underestimate how risky something is, or overestimate how something risky is.
1: And tell me, is there any insurance considerations when I'm buying a plaster property?
2: Look, I, yeah, well, I, I think if you look back into that era, then you may have some issues around that. But in saying that, like I talked about before, I have a, a direct fix home in that era, and, and I have full insurance. But if it's as is, as, whereas I'd imagine you have problems. But if it's today's code, absolutely no problems at all. You know, or outside that 2004.
0: I think I might have a sense of what you might say to this, but what advice would you give to someone who's considering a plaster home?
2: Well, first of all, do your, do your DD, get that paperwork, give me a call, give anyone a call who knows. I mean, it's only going to be a matter of a two-minute conversation over the phone what to look out for or for us to have a look at that property, to inspect it. It's all self-explanatory to me or a professional and then just, yeah, go from there. So I
0: think the main thing to keep in mind when you're thinking about plaster homes is if we're thinking about those times where there were a lot of leaky properties. It wasn't just the plaster, right? It was everything that was behind the plaster. So as you're looking at any property that's got plaster or any type of cladding, actually, always ask the question, well, what's behind that? How do I know this isn't going to be a leaky home? And how do I avoid that? That's going to be really important for you guys. But just make sure you look into the detail a little more of, is it plaster or is it not? Because that's actually not going to tell you whether it's leaky. You've got to ask what's behind it. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you're thinking about buying a property in 2024 and you're thinking, I don't actually know whether I can afford one of these or not. Well, I've got a new quiz for you. Go to opuspartners.co.nz slash 2024. In 60 seconds, you'll get a ballpark about whether you might be able to afford something in 2024 or potentially not. Links down in the show notes or opuspartners.co.nz slash 2024. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve Knight. And I'm Andrew Nickel. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.